Hey, what's up? Um, how am I? Uh, I always ask that question. Um, maybe you don't care. <laughs> That'd be unfortunate. Um, yeah, I'm okay. I'm okay. It's really, it's really cold. Um, 2020, 20, 2020 has been, um, hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's only 15, it's only been 15 days. Um, I don't know, it's been okay, you know. Um, is it any different? Is it going to be any different to any other year? I don't know. Um, I don't know. Maybe, hopefully. Um, I mean, I guess every year is different, so that's a pretty stupid thing to say. Um, yeah. Uh, has anything notable happened in... <laughs> uh, um, yeah, I've got a few funny stories to tell. Um, maybe I'll just tell one. So yesterday I checked my, I checked my emails. Um, and there was an email from my (laughs) mum with no subject, no body and an attachment. Um, my mum always sends me stuff, always links to like, uh, yeah, to like, you know, she really likes the school of life and she's like, Alexander, go watch, you know, this video on philosophy, Ah, like, wow, it's going to change the world. Um, and yeah, unfortunately, um, I, uh, don't click on all of them, but for some reason, um, I clicked on this attachment because it wasn't a link and it wasn't going to be a video. It was a PDF file. Um, and (laughs) I think by accident, my mum had sent me, uh, her will, (laughs) And I, I shouldn't be laughing, but it's just like, it's just a lot to like be presented with, with absolutely no context, no subject in your email, no body. Um, yeah. Oh no. My phone made a sound. Um, sorry. Um, yeah. And, and I replied to the email and I was like, (laughs) I don't know. I said something and then, um, I was like, oh, thank you. This is, this is a lovely read. Um. Um, and Will's actually really fucked, like, yeah, all of it, all of it, money and death, money and death, yeah, um, so I guess, I guess, uh, I hope, I hope that doesn't, I hope you don't receive an unsolicited Will (laughs) from your parents, um, yeah, but my mum, my mum was very suspicious, she was like, how did you get access to that? I was like, what do you mean? You emailed it to me. She's like, no, I didn't. Um, but yeah, anyway, that's, that's what my year has been about. And that's, that's, um, probably the highlight of my year receiving. Actually, that's a really fucked thing to say. Um, no other things have been okay. Um, what else has happened? Um, I don't know. I guess a lot's happening around the world. Um, in news, um, Trump, Iran, um, yeah, Australia, bushfires, um, Brexit, UK, um, yeah, yeah, so, yeah, I don't know, I think in the last episode, um, on being realistic, I, I spoke about, um, how I have, about how strange I find my relationship with time to be, 
Um, and I spoke about the past and I spoke about the present and the future and stuff. And I guess so far, um, in terms of like being more realistic, um, it's, I mean, it's only been two weeks, but I guess, yeah, um, it's been okay. It's been okay in terms of like, uh, I don't know. Normally, normally I, I'm like, oh, tomorrow I'm going to get up at 6am and do exercise and read for a hundred hours and learn 15 languages and cook 15 meals. And, um, I never do any of it. Um, and so far this year I've been okay with, I've been okay about that. And that seems to be quite different to previous years. Um, so yeah, that's, that's some, uh, musings on how my year's been. Um, what else? Oh, um, now some of you have reached out to me, um, via email, 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 or, um, or, uh, Instagram DM. And fortunately you haven't sent me, uh, unsolicited copies of your will. Um, although, you know, if, if you really need to offload them to someone, I suppose that's uh, a role I can play. Although that's a pretty weird thing to do. Even, even for, for my mum, and she's a weird lady. Um, um, yeah. Uh, I, so some of you have reached out to me and I've been really, really uh, poor with responding. And I guess that's because, um, I've been struggling with my time management this year and <laughs> this year. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess, I guess that's actually true. This year, 2020 has been, um, confusing in terms of where I, where I've been directing my energy and that kind of stuff. So, um, I'm sorry. I haven't replied. Um, uh, I will reply, uh, as soon as I can. Um, and thanks again. Thanks for reaching out. And Hey, uh, uh, if you haven't reached out, reach out. And just because I said that I haven't replied to people doesn't mean that I won't reply to you. I fucking will. Okay. Um, so please, yeah, get in contact, say something. Um, that'd be cool. Um, in other news, uh, I guess one of, one of my favorite bands, Good Morning, who I interviewed, they're touring, um, again, uh, they're doing a big tour and you should listen to my interview with them. Um, it's really interesting. And we talk about what it's like, uh, having people kind of expect a lot from your music and interpret your music differently. Um, that's just one thing I wanted to say. And the second thing is, um, all of the proceeds from this episode will be donated to, um, to, uh, alleviate, um, some of the suffering caused by the bushfires, the fires in Australia. Um, so yeah, I guess, uh, as usual, um, I say this in every episode, I will never have ads in this podcast. Um, I don't believe in them. Um, I, yeah, this podcast runs, uh, on support from you, the listener. So, um, please consider supporting the podcast. Um, you can do so, uh, via my website, www.alexalks.co slash contribute. Um, consider pledging, I don't know, whatever is in your means. Um, it can be as little as, I don't know, a tea or a coffee per month or something. Um, and yeah, that would be much appreciated. And that's how I keep this podcast going and how I keep being able to pay for all of the services and stuff that I need. Um, of which there are actually many website hosting, I don't know, recording programs, recording, uh, hardware. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So thanks. Um, yeah. Okay. That's probably enough of a preamble. Um, I'm not sure there's much more I want to say. And I actually want to keep this episode, 
are brief. And I've, I've probably said that like <laughs> in every episode and then they end up being like an hour and 15 minutes. Um, ah, the other story that I wanted to tell, this is just kind of interesting. Um, psychologically, it was an interesting kind of, uh, series of thoughts for me. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of noise in the background. I don't know what's happening. sounds like someone is, um, playing, playing around in the pantry. Um, I don't know what they're doing. Playing in the pantry is pretty weird if you ask me. Um, yeah. So anyway, for, for one of my, uh, one of the things I do for work, I give lectures, um, or I run classes and stuff. And, um, I was running this class, um, and afterwards, uh, I guess I present, I'm a presenter. And, um, after one of the classes, one of the students came up to me and, oh no, I I was like, I went up to one of the students and I was like, Hey, how was that? And she said, um, she said something pretty funny. So I guess like one thing that I guess my sense of humor sometimes is self-deprecating. Um, and I, um, yeah, I kind of laugh at myself and I, yeah, I do that kind of stuff. And, um, yeah, afterwards she, I was like, how was it? And she was like, maybe one thing that, um, you should consider doing is, uh, not, not speaking your mind all the time. And I was like, what do you mean? And then she was like, oh, well, there was this one point where you said something and then you were like, oh, well, like, um, maybe, maybe you don't like me at all. Maybe you don't want to do any of that. And she's like, I mean, obviously, like, obviously, like, you don't, you don't need to say that. Like, because, because then we have to ask ourselves whether we like you or not. And, and like, there was something along those lines. And then, um, she, yeah. And like, I guess for me, I, I say those things in a particular, sorry, my throat. I say those things in a, um, in a particular voice. I'm like, oh, you know, like maybe you hate me. Maybe you don't want me to record any more podcasts or whatever, but obviously like, um, I guess, I guess for me, it's kind of, uh, it's obvious that like, there isn't a whole lot of seriousness to those claims. It's just kind of playful. Um, and I'd never thought about whether people would actually be interpreting them literally. Um, and I thought that was quite funny because like, yeah, if I, if I'm like, what if you don't, you know, to a group of people, I guess like that they, they don't know me at all. And maybe as a listener, you don't know me either. I'm sure some of you know me personally, but I don't know. Like I, I checked and I have like, I have a, there was a listener from Panama. Wow. Is there, was it like, I don't know, Malcolm Turnbull, former Australian prime minister with his, um, you know, offshore things using a VPN to access Panama, uh, an IP address. I don't know. I don't know who would be listening from Panama, but Hey, from Panama, sorry if I accused you of tax fraud. Um, but maybe you're really cool. Maybe you should get in contact and say, Hey, um, maybe you don't like me at all. Ha ha ha. Don't interpret that literally. It's a fucking joke. Um, but yeah, I guess, I guess that was one kind of, um, funny thing that happened and yeah, it just made me wonder like, yeah, it's, if it's not clear that the person is being sarcastic. I'm sure it's a pretty strange question to be asked by a stranger and then not even given the opportunity to respond because like I'm presenting up the front of the classroom and like, yeah, anyway, anyway. Um, yeah, I should probably get on with, uh, the episode. So, 
Um, yeah, here we Oh, Okay. So what's it going to be about? Um, I guess that's kind of unclear. Um, it's unclear and I still haven't really decided on a name for this episode, but I suppose what I'm, what my aim is, is to just kind of explore what our responsibilities as consumers and as people who are participating in a free market and who have money and who can buy things and who have to eat things and drink things. And yeah, I wanted to explore like in the context of these raging bushfires, um, and in the context of increasing global pollution. And, um, I think, uh, 80 something percent of the world's, uh, energy comes from fossil fuels. Um, and obviously they are finite. Um, and they are, they are when we when we do stuff to them um we are damaging our we are damaging the ecosystem of the world and i guess in inverted commas the natural order of things um so yeah like yeah i guess i just wanted to investigate what it means to be conscious of our environmental footprint um and what it means to be respectful of the world um and respectful and maybe ask a question um, or a few questions like, um, do we have an obligation to future generations? Um, do we have an obligation to the world, uh, to our planet? Um, do we have an obligation to uh, the universe? Like, should we be throwing junk into the atmosphere? Stuff that is going to, you know, have a very hard time um, degrading. Stuff that's just going to float around. Um, yeah, to aquatic life um do we have a responsibility not to be flushing plastic down the toilet do we have a responsibility not to be littering um all of these kinds of things um so yeah uh i'll play a little intro music now because i think that's kind of nice um and then i'll get talking so thank you Okay, so the first, the first thing that I, so in, in talking about this kind of stuff, I realize that, um, there are certain things that I probably shouldn't do, um, or there are certain things that I don't want to do because in the past I've, I think I've noticed that, um, I haven't found them to be particularly, uh, effective or, um, useful in terms of kind of, um, changing how someone thinks. Um, one question that I thought I was going to be able to answer, um, and I guess the first time I thought about this question seriously was, um, about nearly two years ago or 18 months ago when I spoke with uh, my friend Liam and I interviewed Peter Singer. Um, and we, we asked him what how okay so yeah we asked him what you need to do in order to be able to to convince someone of something that appears to be rational or logical um so maybe you hate the terms rational and logical and i kind of do as well um i think empiricism and the scientific method and all of that stuff um i guess i've just become a bit less willing to kind of accept um 
accept that like, you know, putting things in objective terms is, uh, is the only way through which we can have a successful relationship with the world. Um, okay. So that's slightly off topic, but, um, I guess what, what my, that question, how do you, how do you communicate something to someone? So, um, some people don't believe in climate change at all. Um, there is a lot of evidence, empirical evidence, data, um, from people who are in positions of authority on this kind of stuff, climate scientists, researchers, um, whatever, uh, uh, lecturers, professors, people with PhDs, people who get Nobel prizes. I don't know. Lots of, lots of people who have been given these titles or have been given these awards with which we usually, um, associate expertise. Lots of these people are saying that, that climate change is real and that, um, you know, of the past, since I I think since temperatures started to be recorded, 20 of the hottest years have been in the past 19 years. Um, that's quite scary. That's really scary. Um, but then when in the face of all of this stuff, what does it mean for someone to say, I don't believe you? I don't believe that. It's not real. Um, it's just a coincidence. Um, and I'm sure that people truly believe that, that they truly believe that it's not real. Um, and that, that is an issue and it might be the biggest that might be the single biggest issue that we have today. Um, there are, there are other things that are extremely problematic. People who believe in eugenics, um, people who believe in, who believe that, you know, I guess this is eugenics, that white people are superior to other people. These are all extremely problematic things to believe, um, and to be certain of. Um, and, and I guess that that's another, that that's another conversation that I, that I could have, but, um, I guess we in denying, okay, so I'm going off topic. I was going to say that in denying the reality of climate change, we are essentially killing ourselves. Um, we are killing not only our species, but, um, many others, if not all. Um, yeah. And, and I guess this topic is when someone, when someone denies, okay. Okay. So let me return to the original question. What do you do when someone says, I don't believe that climate change is real, or maybe I don't believe that I can have an impact myself. Um, so those are two different questions. The first question, it seems like um, it seems quite, well, I guess Peter Singer didn't have an answer. Um, a, he, he said something along the lines of if you provide someone with an argument, because he's a very rational, logical thinker, he likes things to be set out in premise conclusion form. Um, he said that if you give someone a compelling argument and they don't accept it, then the next best thing to do is explain to them the benefits for them of changing their lifestyle to suit um, a life of value and of, um, 
morals. Because apparently, according to him, being living an ethical life has value in itself and will bring you immense pleasure. Um, or what, whatever, I guess. He's a utilitarian, and so utilitarian philosophy tries to, in its most basic form, tries to maximize pleasure, happiness, utility, whatever, for the greatest number. Um, and I guess in being aware of your environmental footprint in trying to reduce it, um, in trying to spread that message, um, you, you can do a lot of good for many people. So I guess to, to answer the very first question that I asked, which was, how do you have a conversation with someone about climate change when they deny that it's actually a real thing? Um, maybe one thing you can do is have a conversation with them about what it means if they're if what it means if you are right so if you're the person who believes in climate change and who believes that this is an emergency and that things need to be done you can explain maybe if if you do if you listen to me and if you reduce your environmental footprint and if the temperatures of the world go down if there isn't as much carbon in the atmosphere um that will presumably that will be good for you because it means that I don't know um, the air quality will be better. Um, people around the world will be able to live. Their their homes won't be underwater. Um, yeah, that they, they won't be at risk of <laughs> of disappearing and having to um, become a climate refugee. And and for me, I guess I can see incredible value in this. Um, but that's presumably because I already subscribe to a belief system which which um, respects our environment um, and which respects the capacity of others in less fortunate situations to actually live in the place they call home and not be at risk of it disappearing, going underwater because... I want to eat more meat because I want to fly around the world all the time because I want to do, um, yeah, because I want to sign a contract with an enormous mining company that's going to flog coal, fossil fuels, whatever. Um, so yeah, I guess without, without risking going off on a tangent, um, I guess the message, w one thing you can do to talk, to talk with someone about how they how one thing you can do to change how someone believes is try and illustrate to them the benefits for themselves um that would be associated with a change in their beliefs so um that's just one that's just one option um but again i think it's an extreme i think that is probably the question that we need to be considering because on my Instagram, when I scroll through the when I scroll through that search thing that suggests all of that all of those random pages, I see photos of um, a scorched Australian landscape. I see photos of kangaroo of kangaroo babies hopping around without their parents. I see photos of koalas that have been put in a kind of rescue center, which was actually a primary school that had to be evacuated. Um, I see. I see all of this kind of stuff. And if you don't, if you don't possess a narrative, which allows you to understand what any of this means, um, and allows you to equate this with perhaps, um, 
a an insufficient political response, as was that of our Australian Prime Minister Scott Morrison, um, but also, uh, which is associated, I guess you know, it, it's extremely hot in Australia, um, and it's only going to get hotter. Um, and yeah, I guess, um, I guess we need we need to think about how. Well, we just I, I would one thing that I would really like to happen. Um, in response to this episode is for people to sit down and think about the times where they have most successfully communicated things to others, um, where they have most successfully been able to change someone from believing something to believing something else. Um, think about those things and, um, send them to me and I will compile them and I will put them on a Google doc or something and I'll make that available so we can read, we can all read through that kind of stuff because, um, yeah, I guess, I guess I, I believe that, um, we are in a state of international emergency. Um, many people believe this, um, but not enough, evidently, um, not enough. So that was the first question that I asked. Um, how do you, how do you, uh, communicate something to someone who doesn't believe in the thing that you're trying to communicate to them? Okay. Um, and the second question I asked was, uh, what do you do if someone says, I don't believe that my individual lifestyle changes will make a difference? Um, and you know what? Um, you might be, okay. So, so in some sense, the person who says that is right. Them, if it is just that person, they are not going to change the world by um, not eating meat, by becoming vegan. That That's not going to end. That's not going to reverse the damage that's been done to the environment. They're right. Um, but that isn't the issue here. The issue here is that if a billion people believe that, that individually they aren't going to be able to make a difference, then we're fucked. We're totally fucked. So it's not... It's not so much about the, about the individual footprint. Well, I guess, I guess it is in some sense, but it's not about being congratulated for becoming vegan because you yourself have done quantity X. You have reduced quantity X of carbon in the atmosphere. That's not really, that's not really the concern here. The concern is that it's that, that argument is problematic because if a billion people believe that individually they aren't going to make a difference, which as I said, um, you know, I guess, I guess like maybe, maybe you disagree. And I kind of disagree with the thing that I said that like, obviously, you know, thousands of liters of water go into producing one steak. Uh, almond milk is extremely problematic for the environment. Lots of stuff. You can, you can obviously save an immense amount of water. You can, if you choose not to fly, um, you can reduce a lot of carbon going into the atmosphere. If you choose to cycle, blah, blah, blah. You can, you can actually have a huge impact, but like, yes, maybe it's not going to be easy to see how your actions are actually impacting the world directly. Maybe you're not going to see a transformation in, or maybe you're not going to see a noticeable reduction in carbon in the atmosphere or, um, an improvement in air quality, but that's not the point. The point is that if a billion people 
do the same thing that you've done. Um, and they say, oh, fuck, like, I don't think that I'm going to make any difference. Then, like, our, our earth is going to die. Um, and we are going to die along with it. So to the person who says, I don't think I'm going to make a difference individually, um, maybe individually, they're right. They're not going to make an incredible difference. But that's not the point. The point is that um, it's the wrong thing to believe because if everyone believes that, we're fucked. Um, so I guess you need to say, or one thing that you could say is like kind of what I've said. Um, if a billion people believe that, that they're individually not going to make a difference, then they're missing the point. The point is that a billion people can make a decision to change and a billion people not consuming the volume of stuff that, that, I don't know, not consuming meat, not flying, not driving. Um, that's an enormous, enormous weight lifted off the shoulders of our environment. Um, yeah. Okay. So, hmm, more questions. I can ask, I can ask more questions. So, um, maybe another thing you might ask is, um, why, why should, why should I care about the future of the earth? Because, um, why should I care about the future of the earth? Because I'm alive now and, and I want to, and I want to enjoy my life as much as possible. Um, and enjoying my life as much as possible involves flying a lot, driving a nice car, investing in, um, companies, investing in mining companies, buying shares in Adani. Um, Adani is the name of um, a uh, a large Indian um, mining company, which recently was in the news in Australia because they're opening a mine. Um, and yeah, just Google Adani and you'll see... Um, but yeah, so like, what do you say to the person um, who who essentially is presenting a basic hedonistic argument? Um, why should I forego the pleasures that I can enjoy now so that others can have some pleasures as well? Um, why should I give up my enjoyment now so my so that someone's great 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 grandchildren? can live in a world where they don't have to walk around with the mask on. Um, why should I give up eating meat now so that, um, someone in some place, uh, has to evacuate because the place where they live is going underwater because of ice caps melting. Um, okay. So while, while I've kind of presented that, presented that as a straw man argument. So I've set it up in such a way that the counter examples I provided, um, have incredibly obviously bad, um, outcomes like eating meat and then having someone's house go underwater as a result. Um, I guess there is, there is some truth to that. Like, you know, if you, if you ran a calculus and you looked at, I guess the rising temperature as a result of meat consumption, then yeah, meat does melt the polar ice caps, killing meat does. But that's not the question here. The question is, why should I forego pleasures I have now so that others can 
so that future generations or other people around the world can live safely and live in a world that doesn't, um, isn't on fire and isn't so polluted that your lungs are ruined by the time you're 20. Um, and one thing that is very hard to do is conceive of a future world. Um, because really we don't know that much about what our world is going to look like in 50, even 20, even 10 years. We don't know what kind of technology there will be. We don't know what medical breakthroughs there will be. Um, but it seems like one thing that our species has done, um, is, is progress. Um, now you might argue that we've regressed in some senses, but I guess, um, a lot of things have improved. Um, so to the person who says, I want to eat meat right now, because that's what gives me the most pleasure. I guess the conversation that needs to be had with them is that, um, it, that kind of thinking is irresponsible and extremely selfish. Um, and I'm not talking about the person who doesn't have any option but to eat meat or the person who can't afford, um, because yeah, in London, you know, eating vegan, eating vegetarian, isn't that cheap. Um, sometimes meat is the cheaper option. Um, I'm talking about the person who has the money to, um, who has the money to change their diet, um, or who has the money to cycle, um, or yeah, I'm talking about the person in a position of privilege. Um, I'm talking about a person with choice because it, it seems like it is us, the people with choice that are doing the most damage to the environment because we can, because we can pay for things that are destroying the environment. Um, yeah. Okay. So, um, I think we do have a duty to, um, future generations. And let me just present you with a simple argument. Um, what if, uh, 300 years ago, the world was in the same situation that we are in now. So our species faced the climate emergency. And, um, so this is 300 years ago. And back then people were thinking in 300 years, the earth is going to be in such bad shape that, um, people will have lung cancer by the time they're 20. Um, so that would mean that me as a 23 year old, uh, I would be three years into lung cancer, into having lung cancer. Um, now I don't think that's, I don't think that's a good thing. And obviously, um, I wouldn't want that for anyone. Um, but that's essentially a, that's essentially the decision that we're making. So, um, in the past, uh, our species hasn't, it hasn't, maybe, maybe it has had to think about, um, things like during the cold war, there was, um, you know, a scare that there was going to be a nuclear warhead sent from Russia because of anomalies, weather anomalies detected by satellite. And it looked like there was an incoming missile spray from the U S. So there was nearly, I don't know, a nuclear war and that would have been fatal, but, um, I guess never have we had to think about never individually, um, 
may, may, correct me if I'm wrong, but to my knowledge, never individually have we had to think so much about um, the about our consumption. Um, there have been other things that we've definitely had to think about, like perpetuating sexism, perpetuating racism. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess because now, yeah, um, yeah. And I'm sure there are uh, examples um, that you could, where you could argue that people are, people were consuming in a way that was destroying the environment. Like, um, I'm sure that uh, the owners of slaves um, who were extremely greedy and wanted to, you know, build empires were um, doing things deforesting areas and stuff like that um but yeah um i guess it feel i guess it just it feels like me um feels like myself someone who isn't in um a position of immense political power um that i have i have i can do a lot to change my footprint um i cycle um I do these things and I, I guess, I, yeah, I'm kind of struggling to answer this question because to me, it, it seems intuitive that I want people to, I guess the simple argument that I was going to say before was if we're able to experience the world now, <clears throat> if we're able to do things now, why should we be able to make a decision about people in the, about the capacity of people who haven't been born yet? to dis- to enjoy the world in the way that we have. Um, I don't think that's a decision that we can make. I think that is, um, I think that is, yeah, beyond uh, ethics. Um, and I don't mean, I, I'm not talking about deciding not to have a, a child because you don't want to bring them into the world. I'm talking about consuming to the infinitely consuming because it doesn't bother you whether or not someone is going to be able to live in a world that isn't polluted in x number of years um so yeah hopefully from that you can you can subtract you can withdraw some kind of um some kind of um argument about why um why we should care about our future generations because yeah i guess that may have, that could have been us, um, but it's not, but that, that's not an argument. You can't argue that because it hasn't happened to me, um, I don't need to think about it. That's not, that's not fair. You absolutely do need to think about it. Um, it could have been you. Um, and if you're someone who's, who plans on having children and your children plan on having children and you know, that keeps going, then, you know, um, I'm sure if if you if you could meet your great 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 grandchild, um, you would have, it would be harder for you to say no. I don't care about that person, um, because now that person isn't isn't alive, um, and and your actions might might make it harder for them to be alive in a way that you have been, in a way that we are, which is um, kind of on the precipice of of um, we're on the edge. Um, we can we can choose to infinitely consume, um, but if we do that, we're going to fuck the world, and we're going to um, <clears throat> we're going to make it um, unpleasant 
to say the least for people in the future, um, in the very near future, um, which is absolutely horrifying. Um, okay. Now one, one final, um, one final thing, and this is just on the topic of veganism and vegetarianism. Um, so I guess for those of you who eat meat, um, I, I ate meat until I guess relatively recently, like two and a half years ago, I stopped. Um, and, uh, I've had meat occasionally. Um, uh, I make certain exceptions sometimes. And sometimes I felt in a position where, um, I haven't been able to say no without deeply offending family members. Like when I was in France with my Algerian family, um, you know, I said I'm vegetarian and they all gave me this look and, you know, um, I, yeah, I guess without going into the details of, um, my, my position in the, in the family, um, I thought, I thought that eating meat would be kind of conducting some kind of damage control or whatever. Um, so yeah, like, but those haven't been all of the situations where I've eaten meat. Like sometimes I have eaten meat when, um, I've had the option not to. Um, and yeah, I'm not, I'm not saying that I'm a perfect, the perfect, um, vegetarian. Uh, um, I, I think about it. Uh, I think about it every time I am going to eat. Um, and, um, seeing animals suffering, uh, is, traumatizing for me. Um, so yeah, I guess the question that I want to ask you, um, and the question that you should ask, um, those around you who eat meat, um, is that, uh, do you believe that, do you believe that you are justified? Do you believe that we are justified in ending the lives of sentient beings? Um, yeah. Do you believe that you were justified? Because some people are speciesist. And that means that they believe that there is a kind of superiority, uniqueness to human beings. Um, a lot of people believe that. Um, and if they provide you with an argument saying <clears throat> the well-being of these animals doesn't matter because they're not human. Um, that's wrong, uh, in my opinion. Um, these animals are animals that we eat are intelligent. Um, they have emotions. Um, they demonstrate these emotions. They can, they are afraid. Um, they cry. Um, they do without wanting to anthropomorphize these animals. Um, they do human things in response to situations of where their life is at risk. And obviously like us, they want to survive. Um, so yeah, I, I don't think that in the way that, in the way that privileged Westerners consume meat and the regularity with which they consume meat, I don't think that they are justified, um, in consuming the way they do. And to be honest, I doubt whether many people have actually asked themselves that question. Um, it seems to be our generation who whose brains, maybe whose brains are flexible enough to kind of entertain these questions and 
come up with the position and let that influence our behavior. Um, but yeah, um, I guess that, that, that argument, are we justified in harming, harming sentient beings is one way of, um, one way of arguing for a meat free, cruelty free, uh, diet. But another argument you could present is, um, are you justified in consuming based on the impact that it's having for uh, having on the environment? And I don't need to answer that question because we've already mostly answered it. Um, we asked the question of whether damaging the environment environment now for selfish reasons is justifiable. Um, given that it's probably going to make the lives of, um, our children's children's children, children's children, whatever. It's going to make those people, their lives, um, they're not going to have access to the things that we have access to. Um, beautiful places in Australia have been scorched. Um, the Amazon is being deforested. Um, uh, and at the rate that the world is kind of being um, tortured and uh, the environment is being um, is being flaunted for its, um, for its fruits. Um, at, at the rate that it's going at now, um, I, yeah, I fear that, um, for generations to come, they won't have access to the things that have made our lives meaningful, um, to sites, to nature, um, and without wanting to sound like some, you know, big, big hippie, left-leaning, greeny dude. Um, my, when I was younger, my mum would always tell me that there was something special about going for a walk in nature. Um, something special about being among the trees and, and those, the smells that they emit and, um, the feeling of leaves under your feet and the bark on the trees, um. And I guess as I've, as I've grown older, um, I have turned to nature for, um, for clarity and for comfort. And I've turned to its, its stillness and also its, um, amazing complexity, uh, to, to try and, to try and, um, recalibrate myself, um, and I'm not sure that there have been, that there's anything else, um, that has made me feel the way that I have when I've, I'm not sure I've ever felt so free. Um, and especially being in a place like London where there is infinite movement and infinite growth and, um, infinite anxiety. Um, there's a park near my house, um, and it's the largest park in London. And, um, I go there as often as I can. And I try, I try to get to a place in the park where I can't see anyone. And, um, that's really hard because it's a really popular park, but there's a special feeling that I get there when it's just me and, and the ice cold weather and the trees and the grass. Um, and I don't, I don't want for that to be something that only my generation and previous generations have been able to experience. Um, I believe that that is a fundamental feature of 
the human condition. Um, and it shouldn't be, we can't make it a privilege. Um, yeah. Okay. So I said that I'd keep this short. Um, it's been 47, 48 minutes. Um, I, I hope that was insightful. Um, I'm feeling quite upset now. I have, um, yeah, I, I maybe upset's the wrong word. I guess I'm just feeling delicate. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I hope, I hope this, this kind of, um, unscripted exploration was insightful. Um, if it was, let me know. Um, if it wasn't, <laughs> fuck you, <laughs> fuck you and stop fucking eating meat. Um, yeah, if, if there's someone out there who, um, who you've had a hard time having a conversation about the environment with or about their footprint, um, send them this, um, send them this. And, uh, if, if you're listening, if you've been sent this, um, probably take it personally because (laughs) I guess it means that, um, that there's some kind of ignorance, um, but that ignorance might not be your fault, um. So I hope this has been eye-opening, um, and know that, um, young people are afraid, um, and young people will always be the future, and we can't have young people being more and more afraid, and we can't have young people having less and less access to what makes us human, um, so thanks, don't let our species destroy the only thing that sustains us. Um, Thanks.